Social media policing content again, local politics getting out of control, false flag alien invasion, and Jason's unique reading of Facebook's community standards. It's the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week with Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Render King Fisk, for May 11th, 2019. Stay tuned. So, yeah. <laughs> New people tuning in are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Hey, speaking about new people listening, yeah. a huge shout out to young lady, young woman, Jordan, who works at That's Entertainment in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, a new listener, and uh, had a short conversation with her. And um, I'd like to get her on the podcast and talk about what's new in pop culture someday in the not too distant future. So, That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of other people that I want to do a shout out to. Um, I think well maybe we'll save out the rest of the shout outs for the for the rest of the podcast. So at least we we at least we'll have three guaranteed listeners by the end we'll, of the show. We'll have to pepper them in though. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible week for social media. Oh really? Well, I mean, I mean not for us. Not for okay. us. I sent you a link to the article that's being published on the Fedora Chronicles homepage uh, under rants. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Because that was basically our show notes. Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was watching the Stephen Greer thing. Okay. All right. Um, no, I sent you this link yesterday, but um, just to let everybody oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. With this that is, one, yeah, I kind of, I kind of perused it. I was working; I actually had to go into the office yesterday. So. <sighs> you and your damn job. I know, right? What, what the, the hell? hell, people? Come on. Um, we artic- need more Patreon people. That way, there we don't have to actually work. Yeah, and that's <laughs> another thing I'm going to talk about later on today. Um, so, but the the name of this article here, and this is something that um, I was inspired to write after an incident that happened on our our Facebook. There's a moment when you are busy putting out fires that the thought should occur to you to do something about the child who's setting them, and I think that that's exactly what we're going what's going on in the realm of social media, where. Um, I know that Facebook and Twitter are virtual monopolies, and they are so large yeah. and so ubiquitous, they are almost utilities. Um, and they have decided that they're going to ban a couple of high-profile, controversial figures, mm-hmm. such as Alex Jones. And one of the things I said in my article is that if Alex Jones said what he said about calling for violence against the media and, and calling the people in the media willing, complicit um, cons- conspirators um, of the government, that's one of the things that he, he one of the, some of the things that he said had nothing to do with Sandy Hook. He did have a couple of posts that called for violence. And I'm not for that. I would have banned Alex Jones for a lot of things that he had said. 
I would have yeah. I would have banned Louis well, Farrakhan. Yeah. All everybody on that list I would have banned except for this one guy. I can't figure out what he said wrong. This one character Paul Which Joseph. Which guy is that? Is that the um Paul Joseph Watson? Uh Paul Joseph Watson? Yeah. I can't find anything that he said on Facebook that got him banned from Facebook. Does that make any sense? What did he say on Facebook that was worthy of a ban from Facebook? I don't know what he right. said. I don't know what he posted. And in the article that I sent to you, and it's also on um, our show page for News of the Week for May 11th, I, I, I don't know what he said. He doesn't even know what he says. How is he a dangerous individual? How is he a dangerous character and post things like calls to violence or anything that's remotely racist? I, I can't figure out right. wh what did he say? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if he did say something, I would like to know. And I didn't spend hours scouring the Internet trying to figure out what it is because I, I mean, like you, I have a life outside of Facebook. Right. I don't know what he said. Um, and that's one of the reasons why he's fil fil filing a lawsuit against Facebook. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if that where that goes and and how that plays out. I mean, he says he's got the best lawyers in London working on it, but um, yeah, it's just really. Um, see, I'm of two minds on this. Yes. Right? People say that they're like utilities, but the difference between what they do and a utility is you don't need them. Right. Like sewage disposal, you need that. Yeah. You know, uh, fire department, police, you need those. Those are services. Yeah. Right. Those are vital to life in modern society. You can live without Twitter. You can live without Facebook. I frequent. I don't have a Twitter account. I had one at one point because I was curious as to what it was. Right. And then it just was so low on my priority list that I haven't logged in in years. And Listen I hope up. they've deleted so the you account. Shower I hate it when they do that. I you hate, probably haven't. I hate it when they do that. Oh, is that more of the the pop-ups? Yeah. Screaming at you? Because yeah. the thing is, is that you have windows open for your show notes and they will pop up. Um, I have something that I really wanted to talk about in regards yeah. to all of this. Um, yeah. And that's, well, so uh, getting so, back so, to my point, the on the one hand... I disagree with people thinking that we should consider things like Facebook and Twitter a service because or they're utility. not. They're or private you. industry. And private industry, being private, has a right to ban whomever they wish. They really do. Okay. Um, and I believe that. Yeah. I, I think they have a right. I don't want the government stepping in and saying you do not have a right to do that. And that's what's going to happen with as a result of this lawsuit. If he successfully sues Facebook and says, and now then the law is going to be written or de facto will be a law that says you cannot ban people unless you can prove where they've banned, where you, they've broken one of the rules that you have set up. Right? Yeah. 
I'm okay with that if that's as far as it goes. I am. But with people saying things like they're basically a service, no, they're not. Utility. Because if it's, if, well, if it's a service, then what's going to end up happening is that the government is going to start exerting some level of control over them. And that's, now, that's even more frightening. Right. Now, Zuckerberg's already said he thinks that should happen. Yeah. Um, but Zuckerberg is a big believer in huge government, and I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I don't think the government is the answer. I think in most cases, the government is the problem. So the government having more oversight slash control over private industry is, in my opinion, a bad thing in general. However, if it's a civil lawsuit and the lawsuit comes down that, hey, you banned him and you can't prove why you banned him. So you now owe him money for damages. Sure. I'm fine with that. Did, but if it ends up coming down to a thing where they basically say, okay, now Facebook, you have to show evidence to the people as to why you banned them. You have to be able to take a post and cite in it, this is where you broke this part of the agreement you signed when you signed on to Facebook. Yeah. I'm actually okay with that too. But if they start getting regulated by the government, that's that's some scary stuff right there. Well, I don't know if it's scary. It's just something I don't want to see it's happen. Concerning. Because it's concerning. We exactly. It's concerning. I mean, depending on the day and what I've been drinking determines whether or not I think the government is trying to exercise too much control over corporations, or if the corporations have too much control over the government. Yeah. Um. Because, but the point is overall is that there's such a blurred line between them. If you think about it, the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats are which wealthy or corporations, which wealthy people or and or corporations they're getting their money from. Yeah. And that's basically it. That's really the only difference between them. Yeah. Who's um, who's paying the bill? Who's paying? Right. I mean, we it's it's a little known secret that we have the best lawmakers money can buy. Sure. It's do. just how much they cost. Yeah. You know, there was an episode of um, Leverage where they dealt with a corrupt uh, senator. And in it, they were talking to the CEO of this major corporation. And he was saying, you know, the best investment a business can make is in a congressman. Yeah. Because the House of Representatives, they have an 80% retention rate and it goes up to 90 in the Senate. Think about it. When was the last time you saw someone voted out of Congress? either house whenever it happens it's a big deal um that's how rare it is kelly ayotte here in new hampshire um two years ago she was voted out of office and now we have a senator who is um i think she's a joke yeah but but now i mean that was a news story that she got voted out yeah because it happened so infrequently that it's actually news yeah, and you don't remember other senators being voted out of office because from other states because it doesn't matter to you. It's not important. Well, yeah, from other states, but like I'm from Massachusetts for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, in my before I left Massachusetts and moved out here about 8 years ago, um my senators from the time I was a teenager 
until I left in my 40s, my senators were John Kerry and Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Ted Kennedy died in office. Yeah. And John Kerry left so he could try and be president. Yeah. That's it. You know? I'm trying to remember what so, was what was the name of the Republican senator from Massachusetts who was elected to serve out the rest of Ted Kennedy's last term and he was voted out of office. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Republicans are only hold on. Yeah. Republicans are only allowed to serve to be elected as governor in Massachusetts. <laughs> They're not allowed to serve in the Senate. I mean, that was a law I think yeah. they passed in the '60s or '70s. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, it just seems that way. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a it's a funny thing. But yeah, no, I mean, so my concern about all of this is, you know, in part. I think, I don't care if Twitter wants to ban people for no reason whatsoever. I don't care if Facebook wants to ban people for no reason whatsoever. There's a part of me that doesn't care because they're private companies. And as long uh -huh. as they're a private company, they can do whatever the fuck they want. That's the bonus of being a private company. Um, the idea that people can say, we use this so much that it is now a service means that you mean a utility. they want the government to exercise some sort of regulatory control over it. Yeah. And I disagree with that. I think, I think regulations from the government should be minimal, should be effective and should be rigorously upheld and reinforced. Well, you know, the one person who doesn't agree with you on that, on that one issue here. And I was shocked to listen to this again for the second time. Um, Joe Rogan had Jack Dorsey, Vija Gaday, and Tim Poole on an episode more than a month ago, March 5th, 2019. It's the episode uh, 1258 of the Joe Rogan experience. And Jack Dorsey said in the beginning of the show in an earlier episode where he was a guest of Joe Rogan show that... Um, Access to social media is a human right. He went on to say that everybody should have the right to take part in di the, uh, the discourse, the conversation that um, the world is having with itself, unless you break the rules. And then... See, and I, I fundamentally dis... I disagree with that fundamentally. Right. I don't think anyone has a right to... Well... Everyone has a right to try and engage, right. but no one has the right to use a private service, a privately held company's service to... No, but Jack Dorsey is the founder of Twitter. I understand that. Right. But, you know, it's just like, you know, people saying, well, even Mark Zuckerberg think they should be regulated. Right. Well, Mark Zuckerberg has a particular political leaning. Right. He believes in the power of big government and he thinks it's a great thing. I don't. And I then, just. I don't yeah. trust my government. And then I for, really don't. Then for three hours and twenty-five minutes, Jack, Vija, Tim Pool, and Joe argue about wh whether or not Jack is full of crap. Now, <laughs> and the thing is, is that and you know um, Tim Pool's biggest problem with Facebook and Twitter is a problem that I have, and that's selective enforcement. Right is that there are a lot of people right. who 
have been tossed off of Twitter who are conservatives for some of the dumbest reasons, just because they said something, they misworded something, or they misgendered somebody who was trans. Um, Or they said something that the Twitter gods do not like. Exactly. Now, while I agree that that's bullshit, at the same time, as a private company, private companies are kind of like your own house, right? Right. So if someone comes in my house and starts really getting argumentative and doing shit that I don't like, I can tell them, hey, I, I want you to leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, I have that right to do that. Yeah. Um, a perfect example, going back 10 years ago, there was a character who was posting on our forum, the Electric Speakeasy, and he was just posting links to his forum. And I said, I don't want you doing this anymore. And by the way, let's not forget, we don't take any any advertising dollars right now. This right. is financed by... Carol and I pay for this. And we get a little money from the products that we sell via Zazzle. Uh, uh, links to Amazon and uh, Patreon. We have a couple of, of of patrons on Patreon. They pay, help pay. The idea that you were on my website, the Fedora Chronicles, doing nothing but but posting links back to your site, not participating in our conversation. You're not participating on the yeah. Federal Chronicles except for using it for you. You're gone. You're out of here. Right. Right? And you have a right as a private person yeah. who's engaging in a discussion. I mean, let's face it. Basically, what the Fedora Chronicles was, the forum, uh, the Electric Speakeasy, was just you hosting a conversation. It was like having a bunch of people over your right. house to talk. And he was the one guy sitting in the corner kept going, why don't we go to my house? Hey, let's go to my house. Yeah. Hey, I want to go to my house. Can we go to my house? You guys want to go to my house? Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, all right, dude, apparently no one wants to go to your house. Otherwise, they'd have left and gone with you to your house. So have a cup of shut the fuck up or right. get the fuck out. And he said that I was violating his First Amendment rights by kicking him out of our forum. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the, fir- the, f- the First Amendment does not protect you and give you the right to post shit on my website. Well, the First the, the Amendment protects you from the government. You can say anything you want. It right. doesn't say anyone has to listen. It no. doesn't say that you can force yourself into someone else's house to say whatever the hell you yeah. want. You know, this is where I think a lot of people get confused is that they think the First Amendment protects them and gives them an audience, and it yeah. doesn't. The First Amendment just says you can say whatever you want, and the government cannot prosecute you for it. You know? Yeah. I You're can, not the government. If I go to the New York Times and I write the worst poem ever written in the history of poetry, an ode to my dog Jasper who steals my socks and runs around the house with them. And I say to the New York Times, I want you to publish this on the front page of your newspaper. The editorial board, get they get to laugh me out of the building. Yeah. 
they did not violate my First Amendment rights. Now, if I publish this awful poem and SWAT comes in and ties, bounds, gags me, confiscates my computer for writing that awful poem to my dog Jasper. That, now your viol- now, now that, your rights are being now that's violated. A, now that's a violation. The government. Now, I think the biggest problem with Facebook and Twitter and all these other social media outlets is selective enforcement. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think his name is Brian Sims, and he's a, a rep in Pennsylvania. And he harasses or he is on video on Twitter, and I think it's on Facebook. He's on Facebook and Twitter, and he is harassing protesters outside of Planned Parenthood, silent protesters, peaceful protesters outside of Planned Parenthood. He, he is seen harassing people on Twitter. Why has he not been kicked off of Twitter when people have been banned for doing the same thing on the other side of the political aisle? Right. And not- see, but here's here's the thing, though, right? His rights are not being violated. The government has no need to step in. No, the government doesn't. But Twitter, I think Twitter, Twitter should should enforce their rules on harassment. Even. Well, should, but they don't have to. They don't have to be unbiased. No, they don't. They are a private, privately owned company. They do not have to. And when I say privately owned, I don't mean tr- privately traded on, you know, they're not traded on the stock market. I mean, they are a private corporation. Even if sure. they are traded on the stock market, they are not owned by the federal government. They are not sponsored by the federal government. They are running their business the best they can, however they're doing it, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm clarifying that. So they can do whatever the hell they want in terms of allowing people to use their platform. It's funny, but there used to be signs in businesses all over the country that said, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. Yeah. And then that was deemed to be racist because, well, people are racist assholes and they were using that as an exactly. excuse to be racist. Yeah. Right? But the truth of the matter is, is the that sign itself is not racist. How people choose to exercise that right as a private business owner to limit their um, to limit their clientele yeah. Yeah. is up to them. If they want to commit suicide, you know, business suicide by limiting the, the people that they're going to allow themselves to do business with, you know, fucking knock yourself out. I don't give a shit. You're an idiot. Go ahead. Yep. But. When people say that they shouldn't do something, what they're saying is someone else should do something about it. And let's face it, when you come to giant organizations like Twitter, you've either got some other business to step up with a similar platform to do the same thing, which Twitter, Facebook, they've got enough Congress critters in their pockets that they actually probably have laws written preventing other people from stepping up and doing that. I'm not saying that the government should step in and force Twitter to right. e- enforce the rules. Even but Twitter should be should, Twitter itself should be policing responsibly, and they're not. They should be policing themselves. 
Yes. At the same time, I I should be able to say, I think that they should be enforcing the rules evenly. And that's I it. agree. And, and I think they should. It. But that's, you know, again, we have the choice, you know, should or get off the pot, either come up with another platform that's willing to enforce its policies more evenly or don't use their services anymore. Well, here's here's the caveat to what you just said. There is a service that is very similar to Twitter and it's called Gab. And I just mm-hmm. signed up for it last night for a reason. And it's got, huh? It's got like a fifth of the audience. It has a fifth of the audience. Um, you can find us, just do a search on Gab for Fedora Chronicle and you will, or Fedora Chronicles, and you will find me there. Um, you cannot get the Gab app on Apple for reasons that are, are, are yep. mystifying. How come you cannot have an app for Gab, but you can for Twitter? That's because Apple regulates the apps that they allow on. Now, they say that they regulate them for quality because they're still trying to convince people you'll never get a virus if you use Apple products, which Uh is an outright lie, but whatever. We'll leave that aside for now. Um, So they have a vested interest in trying to give people the impression that if you're using an app on Apple, it's safe. And they use that as a means of controlling content. Yep. So even if you could prove that your app does not have any viruses in it, that you have taken measures to ensure that there will never be any viruses in it, Apple can still say, we're not allowing you on our platform. Right. Which they have every right to do because they are a private company they don't have to let every swing and dick out there who's thinks they can code post their apps on itunes and same thing with android by the way they can do that too but and, um, but android has a gab app i know because android is more friendly to smaller businesses than apple is apple is not as friendly it's like if you if you have an Apple a Mac computer, there's a lot of video games you cannot play on Mac. You know, even though they have quote unquote the best graphics in the world and blah blah blah, which is all bullshit, but they don't have video games. They don't have the 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 video game content that you can get on a PC. good or bad or indifferent that's the truth that's yeah, just that's, how it is that's just the way it is yeah they, and i mean yeah Go so ahead. they they get to they get to do what i mean obviously we're talking about private businesses get to do whatever they want and at the same mm-hmm. time i get the right to get in front of my microphone and say on a podcast hey they should police themselves better um and uh, but Another issue that I have is large corporations taking it upon themselves to control the dialogue and the topics of conversation and large corporations take it upon themselves for silencing voices that they think should not be allowed to be heard for ideological reasons. There are some, I mean, and yet at the same time, I say that there are some people 
who have no right to speak. My opinion. I will never ever. Well, I, yeah. I, I would say it's, I would phrase it slightly differently. I think they have a right to speak. I just don't, you, they don't have a right to force anyone to listen to them. I think we should allow racists to talk. We should allow them to go and spew their hatred in the street because any thinking human is going to listen to that and go, wow, that's pretty fucking horrible. Yeah. You guys suck because they do. I mean, that's just a fact of life. If you're a racist, you suck. If you don't like it, well, too fucking bad. Don't be a racist. You know, um, it just, it kills me when people start start trying to get I mean, you can counter protest, that's fine, because you're not doing anything different than they are. But you can't impose yourself between them and what they're trying to do with their protest. Now, another caveat. Your protest cannot prevent people from going about their day-to-day -day lives. You know, like Occupy Wall Street should have been shut down by the police. As soon as they went into the street and started trying to block people from going about their daily business, you're no longer protesting. You are obstructing traffic. There are laws against that. Granted, they're minor laws, but they're still laws, and they should be enforced. So, you know, and like the um, what was it the the racist where that um. Uh, where that 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 woman was unfortunately killed. Uh, I think it's Charleston. Yeah, I, I forget. Anyway, they're racist assholes. Yeah, they have a right to talk. However, they were doing the same thing to a much lesser extent that Occupy Wall Street did, in that they were obstructing traffic, and the police should have stepped in and said, "Hey, if you want to protest, keep it over there in the fucking park, or keep it on the sidewalk, yeah. and that's it." Yeah, but if someone wants to walk past you on the sidewalk, you got to let them walk the fuck past you. That is what a peaceful protest is. Yeah, and that wasn't done in either case, which is actually kind of shocking. I kind of figured that at least the the racists would have had people all over them, but whatever. There are um, there are rules and guidelines to make sure that that people remain safe, right, and that their voices are not obstructed or um it's a it's right. a it's a sticky it, mess and it's a sticky mess it's a sticky sticky situation and the thing is is that where do you draw the line and and where do does somebody like myself well i know where i what i can do i know what i can do about this when i say i think that these corporations are doing something that's unfair they're not illegal but they might it's be unfair they're unfair, exactly. and I think that they might be unmoral. I think that there are things that Facebook and Twitter does that's it's not illegal, but I think it's immoral. I, I and and the thing is, is that and I have the right to say, hey, on their platform, I think what you're doing is wrong, and I think that you need to correct this, and I have the right to say or draw attention or to draw it. attention to it, and then. I can just walk away and move on with my life and not use that platform when they take a step too far and say, I can't abide by this anymore. Right. So, and. But again, the, the thing is technology, theoretically, in theory, anyone who can code well enough 
should be able to create the next YouTube. They should be able to create the next Facebook. That should be able to happen. The fact that it hasn't yet in over, what, 15 years now? It's a little surprising to me. I mean, I work in the industry and I know plenty of people who are smart enough to do it. Um, Most of the people I know just don't have an interest. They don't give a shit. Right. Uh, Most people I know that are coders don't go on Facebook and they don't go on Twitter. They just don't use those platforms. They don't exercise their their right to speak on in that particular manner so they have right. no interest in doing it but that doesn't mean that every coder out there doesn't want to there's got to be someone out there who wants to knock freaking twitter off of the the pedestal that they're on or facebook i hear people bitching about facebook all the time sure, sure. you know and it takes a lot of money and a lot of effort to do that because Facebook is so big and so ubiquitous that they are just permeating our society. And they That's also just how it is. And they also gobble up smaller competitors as well. I think that that's immoral. I don't know if that's illegal. No. They can they can legally purchase other companies that come up even if they're seen as competitors because no one has been reinforcing the uh, regulations preventing monopolies that hasn't been done in decades no one's given a shit the sec has not seen a merger that it doesn't like as long as you know they get the appropriate kickbacks you know i mean how did comcast get this big yes comcast got huge by buying out other cable companies that's how they got huge then they called it all a merger it was a buyout right it was always a buyout and that's how they got as big as they are and now they are the largest fucking cable company in existence. And there is, they're just so huge that it's actually kind of a bit mind boggling. Yeah. And small towns have signed monopoly agreements with Comcast. Right. Because it costs Comcast money. So they don't want to go into an area. Towns want people to move in. Comcast wants an audience, so Comcast will go to a small town and say, hey, it's going to cost us a fuck ton of money to lay cable in your area so that your citizens can have cable. So we want to sign a contract with you guaranteeing that if they want cable internet, citizens in your town have to use Comcast. That way there we know they're using it. But then there's the that other, way there we know we can justify the expense. There's the other extreme here, and I think that we've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast, but we've talked about it before. Here in Ringe, New Hampshire, a small corporation from one of the Carolinas came in, Pine Tree Cable, and said, "We're going to bring cable to to Ringe, and we're going to and and they made all of these." wild promises and they made a sweetheart deal um an exclusivity contract that shut out anybody else from operating here in Ringe, new hampshire they were granted Mm -hmm. pine tree cable was offered a monopoly here in Ringe, and and it got to the point where not only did the town of Ringe shut out other cable companies 
They also shut out DSL from Verizon before it split off here in New Hampshire, before it was called uh, Fairpoint. Now I think it's called Consolidated. I don't know. We, we, don't, we don't use them. Mm -hmm. um, even though the DSLAM here in Ringe was wired hot for DSL, we were not allowed to use it because the exclusivity contract. And how do I know this? Because I used to work for Genuity. And I used to have, there, there were managers who came in and says, you live in Ringe, don't you? And I said, yes. And it says, what is the deal with your town? And I says, I don't know. What are you talking about? And it says, well, come with me. And I went up to the third floor and I was in this executive's office and he had these books laid out in front of me and all of these papers and all of these studies and charts and graphs, things that I didn't really understand. And he had, and he had pointed all of these things out and, and he had said, we are, we are not allowed to operate in Ringe, New Hampshire because of this. And I don't know what this was exactly. And they had said, would you go and just monitor what's going on in your town hall meetings? And I said, sure. They gave me a stipend for doing so. Or they were, they gave, I was paid an hourly wage to go and listen and tell them about what was going on at our town meeting. Let's be honest. You going into a town meeting is, is like, you know, trying to get the sun to rise in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I, I enjoy going to these town meetings and seeing what the funk is going on. And, um, and I went to the town administrator and I went and I asked her and I, I had said, what is going on? And she said, Eric, you have a choice. You could either go with pine tray or go without. And she was very rude about it. Very rude, very mean-spirited. And I have said to people here in the town of Ringe that pine tree cable has shut out every other option. Now, and here's another thing, just to complicate matters. Pine tree cable had to pay a pole lease fee, fee uh, a pole lease fee. Say that five times fast. Whereas, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you cannot put wire up on the utility poles without paying a lease fee for that. And I didn't know this until I actually investigated this. Alternating phone poles are owned by a specific company. One phone pole is owned by uh, the, the, the phone company and the other one is owned by the power company and they alternate ownership of these poles. Pine Tree Cable didn't pay their utility, their, their pole lease fee for more than 10 years. They collected a, an $1.50 franchise fee mm -hmm. which was supposed to go to the town of wrench they never paid it they collected all of these fees those that money never went to where it was supposed to go 
And then one December afternoon, um, Pine Tree Cable just said, no, we're not going to operate in Ringe anymore. The owner is retiring. We're shutting down operation everywhere. And they left us in the, in the lurch. And I went to these telecom communication committee meetings, and I was actually the secretary for a while. And they new company came in, Argent, that was going to take over. And as the secretary, I was shunned from, meeting, from meetings from the committee chairman, the new town administrator, because the old town administrator, well, no, was she there or not? I don't remember. It's, but it's, in, it's important. There's another point to this, and I'm, I'm getting to it in a second. There was a secret meeting that I that I I, I wasn't allowed to attend as a, as the secretary of the committee. I I wasn't, and that's when I quit. Now, the town administrator was forced to resign in lieu of being fired. Shortly after that, here's the question: Why was she forced to resign in lieu of being fired? And I spoke to one of the selectmen and she had told me, Eric, you don't know the half of it. You don't know what was really going on. And if you did, you'd be outraged like I am. Something <laughs> awful happened, Eric. Oh, and by the way, Eric, please don't talk about this on your podcast or your website for a couple of years. It's been it's been a year. There now, you mean to tell me that this small corporation wasn't offering kickbacks to people in our local government to keep DSL out of our town. That's bullshit. Of course they were. Yeah. Of course they were offering it. Of course. So I, so the thing is, is that you know that these utility companies are buying local politicians. I know I saw oh, it. Yeah. I saw it happen here. And a, a group of us went up to Concord to talk with our state reps. And the state rep told us, for first of all, this wasn't just Ringe, New Hampshire. This involved a, a, 11, and I, I hate these alerts. Um, <laughs> there were 11 other towns involved. And they said, this is a problem that's just too big for us to handle. The state capitol. Somebody, a rep, yeah, our rep told us that in the state capitol, they looked at this problem and it's too big to tackle. The co corruption is too big to investigate. How many people are, are involved? And he was concerned that the, corpora the, the corporation's corruption may go so far up to the up to the top they might have to indict more than half of the people who are now state reps and 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 um local public officials in these specific towns and basically he looked at me and he said jake it's chinatown <laughs> it's chinatown jake uh you know, I wish I could say I was surprised, but you're not. I mean, you and I, you and I have talked about this privately. Um, yeah, when it was 
going on. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, we were both like, on the one hand, we were, we were not surprised because this is the way the world works and we both are aware of that. But on the other hand, I also seem to recall that it was very frustrating to talk about because just because that's the way the world works doesn't mean that's the way it should work. Right. And it was the feeling of helplessness that was causing a lot of the frustration. Yeah. I mean, you were the fucking secretary. Why the hell didn't they want the secretary at a meeting? The secretary's job is to take notes for public records. So what they wanted was privacy from the public account. So they were doing something nefarious. That's the only valid reason. Well, not valid, but it's the only reason why they would not want the secretary of the committee to be present during a meeting. Yeah. Right? I mean, it just makes sense if you think about it. So they're doing some funky shit is what it boils down to. And stuff like that happens. I mean, when people don't get involved in their local government, they are doing a disservice to themselves and their community because your local government is where you can have the greatest effect on what goes on. And I say this as a person who is not involved in my local government. Yeah. I wish I had the time, honestly. But I also wish I had the political acumen to be a, to be confident enough to step into that arena and think I could actually affect anything. But the truth is, I don't think I do. Yeah. Um, I also think most of the people who are in operating in that arena don't either, but you know, whatever, let's, that's, that's as it is. Um, so it's just so frustrating and aggravating to know what's going on, to see it happening, to see it happening in, in various small towns. I mean, my parents are very involved in the local government of the town that they live in. And they actually fairly recently had to indict their former town manager for embezzling. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's federal. I mean, the town manager took quarter of a million dollars from the town over the course of like three years. And when you're talking a town with 800 people in it, that's quite a chunk of change. And town manager took it and fled across state lines. Yeah. The real kicker for that for me was that I knew that town manager. I graduated high school with them. Yeah. Actually, she was a woman and she was fairly cute when she was in high school. But that doesn't mean that, you know, she's not corruptible. And it's it's when you see small things like that, things like that happening in a small town, really people need to get involved in their local in their local government, not so much necessarily as a part of local government, but you at least be aware of what the hell's going. But they can't because a, they work so many long hours and then they have, they they have such a long commute home that by the time that they finally get home, the meeting is probably either over just getting started. They're exhausted. They have to feed their kids. 
There's a, there are a lot of things, and it's like, I'm not sure, is it by design that they do this, that they have the town meetings in such odd hours, or they have them, I mean, nobody wants to go to a, a town hall meeting that starts at nine o'clock. Well, it depends on the town, right? Because right? like the town that I live in right now, um, they hold their meetings and they post them freaking yeah. everywhere. If you don't know when a town meeting is happening in this town, it's because you are brain dead. Yeah. Um, or really, really not interested in knowing what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, they have their meetings at seven o'clock at night. It's easy for anyone to come to be involved. Um, then again, I'm saying this as someone who generally is not involved. I don't generally go to the town meetings, Yeah, but I also recognize that it's a hundred percent on me because really the town does everything in its power to make it possible for me to go. I am just a lazy asshole who doesn't go. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I got to respect them for that. At least they're trying to do the right thing. You know, it's not their fault that I'm lackluster and right <laughs> and generally not interested. You know, they're trying to make it as easy as possible for me to become interested and get involved. Kudos to them for that. Yeah. But also, this state is only, what, 1800s since this state was formed? Yeah. Well, you're talking about yeah. Utah. I am talking about Utah. Um, so it's real easy for there to be a lot less corruption at this state because we haven't had enough time to get the swing on, you know, getting the right people involved in the right way so that we can get the right things done, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's it's, it's frustrating to me because I, on the one hand, I, I love New England for a lot of reasons, mostly because I grew up there and it's nostalgia. But I hate it for a lot of reasons, mostly to do with what I learned as an adult living in, in, the, in that area. Um. New England has a lot of institutionalized corruption. Yeah. That that is just how it works. And the more I look into it, the more I realize that that institutionalized corruption is part of any of the original 13 colonies and extends into the halls of Congress in the in the federal building at the federal level. Yeah. That's just how it is. What are you going to do about it? don't know you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well you can't well seriously assuming the conspiracy theorists are wrong and that the government doesn't designate who's being elected and if anything trump being in office certainly does lean to indicate that they're wrong and that the yeah. government actually does not corrupt its the elections yeah assuming that that's true all we can do is vote people out of office. Yeah. That's it. And we that had all we can and do. and we had said earlier it's so hard to get bad politicians or bad senators, congress people, whomever mm -hmm. elected out of office. Yeah. It's hard to, because you need to have that groundswell. They call it grassroots. Yep. But what it basically means is enough people who are not 
who are just voters. Yep. You need to have enough of those people get together and decide, you know what? You're an asshole. I'm voting your ass out of office. And that's how it happens. And the problem comes in is you talk to people all over the country and you'll hear them complain about the corruption that's in Congress. And then you ask them about who their Congress critter is and they will all say, oh, they're doing a good job. Yeah. According to statistics on polls that we're able to look up, most people in the United States can't even name who their house of who their representative is. Most people in the United wow. States, when I say most people, I'm talking over 60%. Most people in the United States cannot name both of their senators. They'll be able to name one, but not the other. Most people in the United States do not know how their senators have voted in the last vote that took place in the Senate. So if you don't know what your Senate, how your senator is voting, if you don't know who your congressperson is, you're part of the problem, especially if you're voting. If you're voting and you don't know who your congressperson is and you're just voting incumbent or you're voting for the parenthetical letter after their name, yeah. you're part of the problem. Oh, yeah. The only way we can, we can solve what's going on with our government is to change our government. And the only way we can change our government is by actively going out, paying attention to what they're doing, and voting accordingly. And it's hard. Now, I'm not saying you should vote anti-incumbent. I'm not saying you should vote for this party or that party. You should vote according to how you believe and how you believe your representative is representing your interests because that's the whole part yeah. of the name representative. And if your senator is not representing what you think should be going on, then vote their asses out too. But until someone being reelected is not the norm, we're going to see this corruption. It's just going to keep happening. It's exactly because companies, if they can't rely on a senator being in office for more than one or two terms, they're not going to have any incentive to throw money at that congressperson, at that lawmaker. They're not just not going to have any reason for that. I mean, we can get in further into that, into, you know, why is Congress in session 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year, and how many laws are they actively passing? Because we can get into that if, if we really want to. But we really don't People. want to put our listeners to sleep today. <laughs> well, we don't. And we also don't want them getting too pissed off that they start causing road rage accidents. Not, so, yeah, exactly. you know, we're not going to go into that. Exactly. You know. And let me just interject here before we move on to our next topic. Uh, and we're already an hour into the show. <laughs> so, well, the, so the former, so the former town administrator from Ringe, New Hampshire, who was forced to resign in lieu of being fired, she was going to be fired, and they can't tell you why. She has now been hired in the neighboring town of New Ipswich. In the same role, I think uh, it's. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure it's the same role. Yeah. Wow. So our neighboring town rehired our former town administrator, who was forced to resign under mysterious circumstances. Okay. So speaking of old news, we're switching gears, switching topics here. Um. Dr. Greer says that there's um, there's going to be a false flag operation 
sometime in the not too distant future of a faked alien invasion. <laughs> okay, let me just say I love Stephen Greer. Yes, I do he's, too. He's he's one of those people that you can listen to him talk for hours. Um, and it's I great have. to read the shit that he writes while you're sitting on the toilet because it makes you want to. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm, I'm oh no, definitely not. But wow. I'm not. Wow, there are times. <laughs> I, but here's here's the thing, and when you make a prediction of something that is so sensational, um, it better well, come true. Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to listen to the entire video, but at one point he's basically saying there will be a World War Three, and it's all going to be a false flag operation because it's of an alien invasion. Yeah. Now, in this video, he says something, and he says it as a joke. He says, because the only way the humanity can unite is if we're trying to fight someone else. The only way we can have peace is yeah. if we unite together if, in war. Right. And he says it, and he says it like a joke, to which I look at him and I go, okay, you're a doctor. Have you, have, have you looked at a history book? When was the longest stretch of peace we've had as a world? I don't. I don't think we ever have had had. Um, I, I think that there's always That's my point. We've never not had a war. There's there's always been a time where some place on Earth, humanity has been trying to kill each other. Yeah, in an organized fashion, which is basically what war is. Yeah, it's an organized mass slaughter. Or attempted mass slaughter. Yeah. Right? They have two two organizations of people, call it a kingdom, call it a government, whatever. Two organizations of people that are trying, one at least is trying to kill the other, and the other is saying, hey, I don't want to die, so they're fighting back. Yeah. Now, Sun Tzu says that war is always the fault of the defender, because if they would not pick up arms, there would be no reason to fight. I think that's... To which I say, Sun Tzu, you're an asshole. Because if the aggressor... Oh, crap. Don't tell me I lost you. They heard you talking shit about them, and then they, uh, <laughs> just they, for, they interjected, didn't they? Just for folks who don't know, we lost our connection uh, briefly. And uh, I think it was because you were talking smack about Sun Tzu. So... <laughs> The ghost of Sun Tzu. That's that's going to be the name of this title. Um, so you were saying that war is the fault of the def the defender. Well, yeah, Sun Tzu said posited that in his Art of War that all war is the fault of the defender because if they would not try and defend themselves, there would be no reason to fight. I say it's kind of backwards. Yeah, that. It's the fault of the of the aggressor because if they wouldn't try to take shit that wasn't theirs, someone wouldn't have to try and lay a smackdown on their ass. Exactly. Now, I may not speak as eloquently as Sun Tzu does, but everyone understands what I mean. I think you're so, funnier. I think you're funnier. <laughs> so, Stephen Greer, Doctor Doctor Greer, trying to make it a joke that of course we can be peaceful without having to fight someone else. I yeah. think he's not understanding humanity very well because whereas I think there's a lot of very vocal people who want peace, 
they're willing to kill for it. Are you willing to kill for peace? I'm willing to kill anyone who's trying to disturb my fucking peace. Just ask my kids when they try and wake me up too early in the morning. So it just doesn't that part of that part of his talk just really kind of made me laugh, right? Um and the idea that governments are united in trying to not let the people know about something. The only thing that all the governments on earth agree on is that they want to stay in charge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I just, I just don't, that's true of everybody I, though. That's, that's this true. Is, I, I think there are aliens out there. I really do. I think there is intelligent life out there. I think some of it has visited the earth. I think a lot of it that has visited the earth is basically just viewing us and saying, wow, look at that shit. Oh, thank God you know? we don't have to deal with those people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? Either that or they're like going, you know, hey, um, I don't know about the rest of that stuff, but that pot shit's really fucking good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's just my take on it. You know, I yeah. could be wrong. But so I, I think I, I don't I don't know that. Because again, I didn't, I didn't listen to all of it, right? But it sounds like he's saying that, you know, there's going to be an alien invasion, and they're going to pretend it's a world war to cover up the fact that we're fighting aliens. Um, if it was the opposite, where he was saying that the governments are going to pretend we're being invaded from outer space, so that, you know, can. That would be a little more believable to me, but the problem with conspiracies is the larger, the more people involved in keeping the secret, the less likely a secret is to be. Right. I mean, that's just human nature. And I could, there's always going to be an Edward Snowden. There's always going to be a WikiLeaks. There's always going to be someone in the group who does not, who at some point changes their mind about keeping the secret. Right. Now you can say, well, then the rest I'll kill them. Okay, that's fine. But then now they're leaving tracks. Oh, well, they can do it and make it look like it's just, you know, the, the more you go down that road, the more you sound like a whack job conspiracy theorist with a tinfoil fedora. Yeah, and that's not too far from the truth. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to say that it took me a while to get the, the tinfoil just right so it wasn't digging into my forehead. Exactly. But, you know, so. I think we've had we've had visitations from aliens. I think governments, various governments, have probably gathered up alien artifacts and have studied them. However, to think that there's gonna we know that there's gonna be an alien invasion. Yeah. Or that there's there's going to be a war that they're gonna say is because of an alien invasion. Now you're just because you you're talking all of the combatants are going to have to say, oh, they look like aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I know people in the military. I know people in the army. I know people in the Marines. I know people that have been in Afghanistan. They know what they're shooting at. They know after the fight, especially if it's a fight where they were the victors, after a given battle, they know what it was they were fighting. Yeah. So you would have to you would have to 
convince all of them that it's in the greater good for them to not to for them to not admit the truth. Right. And most of the people that I know in in the army and the marines are going to look at that as a, as an unlawful order, and they're going to blab to high heaven about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people make this assumption that people in the military are mindless drones, mindless zombies. And I can honestly say that, you know, that's most of them are officers. Uh, the people on the front lines think they have to think that's how they survive is being able to think and being able to think under pressure. Now, not everyone in the military is an angel. Not everyone in the military is a demon. They're human, just like everyone else. You've got your assholes. You've got your great people. And then that's just how it is. Right. So the one thing I can promise you is that if there was a fake war, people in the military would not keep it quiet. It may be just talking amongst them, their friends or whatever. It will, event it would eventually get out, though. Exactly. Sooner or later, someone is going to say something to somebody who's going to be like, well, fuck that, and start blabbing to the world about it. That's just human nature. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's inevitable. There's something about what he said, when you're listening to it in the context of what he's saying, he's talking about the entire background. He's talking right. about how, as far back as the end of World War II, he claims right. that there were already people who were saying, um, yeah, no, this this is something that's happening. This is something that's coming. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. This thing right. is... And I think he's taking some of his quotes from history out of context as well. I'm not, I'm not going to say um, that I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think... Um, no, I think you can make the case. I think that somebody can make the case that he is taking some things out of context. But I do think that a faked alien invasion would solve a lot of problems for the Pentagon. And it would... Well, not just the Pentagon. It would, it would answer... For, well, when I say the yeah. Pentagon, I mean the military-industrial complex. And it would get people right. to stop asking stupid questions. Like, what do you mean you've lost trillions of dollars over the past 10 years? What are you, what are you talking about? If there was a, quote, alien invasion, like people from another solar system came over and obliterated... A small town in southern New Hampshire. And people would be freaking out, saying, what do you mean we don't have X, Y, and Z? What do you mean we don't have a, a missile defense program to stop this from happening? What, what do you mean I'm not going to get a new episode of News of the Week with Jason Cousineau? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> You're going to have people who are going to be asking a hard questions. How, you know, how come? How come we don't have a space force? Hold on a second. Uh-huh. Space force. <laughs> Why don't we have a space force? 
You're going to you're going to have people who are going to ask these questions like how can we don't have these basic things that other civilized planets should have? Um and that's not an unfair question. I don't think. If there was a real alien invasion, like if real aliens invaded our planet, there would be people asking, how come we're not prepared? How come we're not doing this, this, and this? What happens if there's a real alien invasion? The government knew about it, and they did nothing about it until it finally happened. And then people are going to be screaming false flag. Of course they would. Right, um, exactly, because we simultaneously want the government to not do anything and be be ready for everything. Exa- yeah, exactly. And then we also want to ridicule them when they have plans that seem somewhat outrageous, like the U.S. government's contingency plan for what if there really was a vampire apocalypse Yeah. or a zombie apocalypse. They actually have plans for that, you know, and we like to ridicule them for that. But, you know, wait until the first fucking zombies show up and then everyone's going to be like, I'm so glad they have it. The government needs to save me. And which the government is going to be like, these plans are to save us, not you. So, yeah, grab a bat, have fun. You've seen Shaun of the Dead. Go for it. You know, um, it just. Beyond that, though, I mean, I like some of the things that that Dr. Greer says, uh, some things I've heard him say in the past. Yeah. Um, But then as inevitably happens. They take a left turn. Yeah. (laughs) And then you just kind of go. Yeah, no. No, I'm not. <sighs> no, I'm not. Buy- I, I, there's some things I don't, I don't buy. Um, but yet the thing is, I. But some of the things he says about going out in the desert and just he knows of a place where you can go and you can summon uh, alien spacecraft and they come and they fly around you and they try and get really close, but then they fly away, and that you can have close encounters. Um, yeah. I, there's a part of me that says, okay, let's go. There's a part of me yeah, that's, that show me. I, I want let to me believe- bring, let me bring a camera and it, let's do this. Yeah. And I want to believe him. I mean it when yeah. I say this, I want to believe that he is telling the truth. I want to believe him when he says that he is able to do these things. And there are, I want to believe all these people, David Greer, um, the other Area 52 whistleblowers, I want to believe them. I'm not going to get old Fox Mulder on you, but I want to believe. Yeah, just give me a reason though. Yeah. Or I believe, I, need, I believe. I need I just, to have a reason more than just, oh, I'm a good, I'm a crackpot with a good story. Yeah. I want to believe, but I want to be able to show everyone else why I believe. It's not hard to understand that I actually, I mean, I want confirmation. I want to see something of my own that proves without any doubt that there are, we are being visited. I want to believe that. I want to believe that that is real. I, you know, yeah. I want it to go from more than just something that I, I hope it's true. 
to something that's actually true. Yep. I don't think that that's a lot to ask for. But I think that when you have these people who make these ridiculous claims, um, you, you better you better be right and something better happen or, or or else if we don't have if there's not an alien invasion within the next couple of years, it's going to be really hard to believe him. It's like David Jeremiah saying the rapture is going to happen any day now. The apocalypse and tribulation revelation is going to happen any day now. Well, he's been saying that for more right. than 30 it's, years. It's I think. irony, but if you scroll down on on um, Stephen Greer's page, he has a lot of videos of Joel Osteen. And it looks like he's ridiculing him, but why the hell is he going after Joel Osteen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know? I mean, the thing is, you. I mean, we didn't. I mean, see, we didn't. We couldn't do the show prep for this because now I want to see: is he busting on Joel Olstein, or is he defending yeah. Joel Olstein? And it looks he's just he's just posting links to Joel Osteen channel. Okay. And then he's saying, you know, he's just repeating the theme of um of whatever talk it is, like um. Deliver us from the evil one. The link to Joel Osteen, deliver us from the evil one. Is, and then is, everything must go. And then there's a link to Joel Osteen's sermon, everything must go. You know, so it looks like he's ridiculing him, but it's kind of hard to say. Right. See, now I'm concerned. Now I'm really concerned. Because it's like, all right, well, are you picking on him because he believes in God? I mean, or are you saying that we should listen to to him? See, I mean, yeah. the thing is, it's that kind of thing that sort of makes me wonder if whether or not he has any credibility. Right. Because if if you're if you're posting videos of of Reverend Joel, and I have issues with Reverend Joel and his prosperity doctrine, I really yeah. do. I really have problems with it. If God loves you enough, he's going to bless you with all of the all of these earthly riches. Which I think is a contradiction to some of the things in the Bible, but that's okay. People believe that and it brings them comfort. Oh, you know, it's like I'm homeless. I guess it's because God doesn't love me enough. Oh, oh well. You know, I think that there's something to that. But with these people who make these predictions, you <laughs> you something better happen. Or it's going to be really hard. Like all these people who are predicting all of this, oh, the end of the world is going to happen at this specific date. And it doesn't happen. And then they make another prediction. And it doesn't happen. At some point, people just have a wake-up call and say, this guy is full of crap. Or at least their followers should. Yeah. So so what else, what else should we talk about before we call it a podcast? What? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of glad we got into a little bit of the paranormal with Dr. Stephen Greer, although I'm really not sure if what was paranormal is Stephen Greer himself or the aliens he was talking about. <laughs> I um, don't know. That's not, that's not an unfair, <laughs> that's not an unfair criticism. 
Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm trying to think. There was something that came up in the news, and I don't really pay that close attention to the news anymore because it gets so depressing. You but have a podcast called News of the Week, but you don't follow the news. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I used to. Not I mean, like, I do follow the news, obviously, yeah. but I, 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 I mean... You remember, I used to like every story. I would read it four times from four different sites to make sure I was getting somewhere close to the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I will say this, though. I was thinking of um, taking a road trip up to Seattle and yeah. doing the uh, the Haunted Underground tour. That would See, that would be awesome. Just tell yeah. me when. Just tell me when. Speaking of, tell me when, have you seen Endgame yet? I have not. Okay. I have not. So I and, and I got to be honest, um, Endgame is, is second on my list of movies I want to see. The yeah. first one is actually Bolden, about we, Buddy and, Bolden, the and, guy who basically started Dixieland Jazz. And we talked about that last yeah. episode here. So Yeah, I still haven't seen that one either. So All right. I'm, 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 I'm racing here while I'm talking to you. I'm racing to find this window that I had open and I don't have it. By the way, just as a quick aside, just a, a callback while I'm looking for this thing. Um, I didn't realize this until I wrote my article about the kid playing with matches. Um, did you Do you know what the link is to Facebook's community standards? And did you real, did you know that they had one? No. Facebook has standards. Facebook has a link for their community standards. And like I said, this is a callback. This is something that I think that we need to talk about later in a future podcast. If the topic of Facebook censorship comes up again. Um, no, the thing is, is that you can go to facebook.com slash community standards all one word and there it is and they will tell you exactly like the do's and don'ts uh, of what you don't do to make sure that you are not banned from facebook i didn't even i didn't even know it was there and i think that there's you can you know you would think as someone who started a community on facebook they would have informed you about this yeah Oh, wow. They've even got Roman numerals listing their table of contents. You are so easily. Oh, very high school. Right. <laughs> Violence and criminal behavior. Safety. Objectionable content. Integrity and authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to read that. <laughs> okay spam mystery representation false news okay mm-hmm uh -huh. right. okay memorialization all right so yeah it's not as fun as i thought it was gonna be you did get one chuckle out of that <laughs> though oh yeah objectionable content so Hate speech so violence I and graphic content adult nudity and sexual activity that bothers me just the name adult nudity and sexual activity so it's okay to have child nudity no I would think that would be more objectionable but you know they say adult nudity all right i gotta click on it now 
It says adult nudity and you have to click on it. Uh, <laughs> Even though you know it's saying no, adult nudity is not allowed. Okay, do not post images of real nude adults where nudity is defined as visible genitalia except in the context of birth giving and afterbirth moments or health-related situations. For example, gender confirmation surgery, examination for cancer or disease prevention assessment. Visible anus and or fully nude close-ups of buttocks unless photoshopped on a public figure. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So so I uncovered female nipples, except in the context of breastfeeding, birth giving, and afterbirth moments. Health-related situations, for example, post-mastectomy, breast cancer awareness, or gender confirmation surgery, or an act of protest. You you wait. According to Rule 34, there will be protest porn showing up. Uh, um, yeah. Sexual activity, including sexual intercourse, explicit sensual, sexual intercourse defined as mouth or genitals entering or in contact with another person's genitals or anus, or at least one person's genitals are nude. So you can take a picture of your head underneath your wife's skirt and post it. Which I won't there's do. there's no genitals that are nude. Well, your wife would kill you if you ever posted she it. She would so, beat yeah. my ass. She I mean, would. You, normally you got to ask her that. Um, implied <laughs> sexual intercourse. <laughs> defined as mouth or genitals entering or in contact with another person's genitals or anus, even when the contact is not directly visible, except in cases of a sexual health context. So... What sexual health context could there be for faking a BJ? I don't know. You know, I've been to the doctor plenty of times, and they've never faked a BJ with me, even when I kind of wanted them to. So, (laughs) all right. Implied stimulation of genitalia anus defined as stimulating genitalia anus or inserting objects, even when the activity is not directly visible except in cases of sexual health context. So I think in this particular case, they're talking about like, this is a healthy way to have anal sex. So you can post that. I can't, I can't breathe. I can't, I can't breathe. I'm telling you, rule 34 sexual health porn is going to be a thing within like 35 <laughs> minutes. It's definitely... Other sexual activities, including, but not limited to, erections. So that picture of that kid with the heart on as a teenager standing behind a bunch of girls in bikinis, they can't post that? I, but they oh, did. Oh, that's right. You can't see it. You can't see that. So squeeze the stimulation of naked human nipples. So I so much for that picture of me playing with my nipples. Oh. My gosh. <laughs> Fetish content that involves acts that are likely to lead to the death of a person or animal. Dismemberment. Oh, crap. Cannibalism. Feces, urine, spit, snot, menstruation, or vomit. That's fetish? <laughs> I did, don't look at me. I, that don't, is, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's just gross. Who the hell write this shit? Oh, my gosh. That's fetish? Oh, 
digital content that meets our definition of sexual activity unless any of the following conditions exist. Content where the sexual activity, intercourse, or other sexual activities is not directly visible. Content was posted in a satirical or humorous context. So you can post you can post your furry porn as long as it's drawn and one of the furries is wearing Groucho Marx glasses. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Content was posted in an educational or scientific context. So all of those pictures of the student getting it on with the teacher are probably going to be okay. Out of the questions. Totally out of the question. Imagery is not sufficiently detailed and only body shapes or contours are visible. So just put it behind a screen before you take a picture of it. Yeah. Which is somewhat more erotic in certain cases. Wow. I could have fun with this all day. I probably will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Oh, so anyway, we're going to we're going to end the show with a shout out to our listener, Michael Sigler. Um, he posted his big, huge thumbs up. He really liked News of the Week for May 4th, 2019. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. You're the reason why yes. we do this show. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. I really appreciate all of the listeners because otherwise I'd be just talking into a vacuum, which I normally do at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, and I'm telling you, we have the best listeners who once in a while, they will send us polite suggestions. And I'm sure we're going to get a couple of, of really interesting comments after this episode. <laughs> yeah, we probably are. We probably are. I'm sure they'll be very helpful, though. I'm not sure how polite they'll be, but they'll be very helpful. Yeah. And let's be honest. I really don't care if they're polite, so. Jay, thank you for another awesome episode. Thank you, sir. This is always a lot of fun. And uh, let's let's save reading the rest of the community standards for next week. Sounds good. Sounds good. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for The Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.